solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast. Boy, am I happy to get today's show started off because now we are finally on YouTube. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Take time out of your day. Go to YouTube and subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. Today's episode brought to you by the Ultimate Season Preview. The NFL season is about to begin this Thursday, right? You guys are ready. But nobody is going to have it covered like the Locked On Podcast Network starting August 30th through September 8th. So you guys have to go ahead and catch on up. We have our ultimate season preview, taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker. Follow the ultimate Locked On season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and tune in. We've started since October. I'm sorry, August 30th. And we end off September 8th. I am none other than John. Some sports guy Hickman. You guys see the name right there. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. And I wouldn't do this show by myself. Couldn't do this show by myself. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Cody Davis, Locked On Texas. What do we have on the rundown for today? Yes, sir. And on this Monday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to discuss whether or not offensive coordinator Tim Kelly is entering the season at a disadvantage. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans by introducing a new topic to the show. Because as you know, everyone expects the Houston Texans to be one of, if not the worst team in the league, which means they're going to have a top 10 pick in next year's NFL draft. And with the college season kicking off, on Saturday, boy, we got some quarterbacks we would like to discuss. But to get this latest installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, John and I want to take a look at how are the Houston Texans actually preparing this upcoming season to play Davis Mills? Now, listeners, you guys that have been rocking with the show before we switched over to YouTube, you guys know that both John and myself, we have been talking about this entire time on whether or not Davis Mills should play. And John and I had came to the agreement that Davis Mills should not play for this upcoming season. They should actually take his time, let him redshirt his rookie season, and actually let him learn behind Tyrod Taylor. But given the makeup of this team, especially knowing that they are entering the season with only five wide receivers, five running backs, and we know this is going to be a run-heavy offense. John, I hate to say it, but it seems like the Houston Texans, led by David Culley and Nick Asirio, they are going to push Davis Mills out there a little bit sooner than what I would have liked for them to do. Yeah, you know what I'm seeing? First and foremost, let's address that Tyrod Taylor and David Culley has both come out and stated that they have not for sure – uh, made him the for sure quarterback for one, which is now in six days, right? Mm -hmm. That for me is a huge problem, red flag. We've talked about it before, but the reality of the situation is let's, let's go ahead and start the conversation and prepare ourselves on whether or not Davis Mills will actually be quarterback one by the time Houston takes on the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And so we really understand that if it's a possibility, we need to talk about it. And if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about ways 
it can be uh, the outcome can be positive. First and foremost, before we even talk about Davis Mills and what he can do on the football field, what do you think he did off the football field when David Cully looked around and said, you know what? Let's have a team building experience today. Screw practice. Let's eat some barbecue. You know, I thought that was funny. In the midst of figuring out what your starting quarterback, how your starting quarterback situation is going to be uh, come Sunday, looks around and said, let's get some barbecue. No, no, but, but to the Texans. I'm sorry? Uh, I was going to say, to the Texans' defense, apparently this is something that they always do leading up to their first game of a new season. This is something they always did. They come together, build their camaraderie over some food. You know, everybody loves food. That, so it's not a David Cully thing. I just wanted to throw that out there. Let me say this. David Cully, who spent time in Kansas City, now he's in Houston. If I get the opportunity to ask him, I'm going to ask, who got better barbecue? And that will determine whether or not he will be sticking around as head coach for this team moving forward. There's only one answer, right? That's down here in Texas. But I do have three ways that I believe this offense, led by uh, OC Tim Kelly and David Cully, they're working together on how they can uh, uh, approach this season, I do have ways that this team can get ready ahead of Sundays if uh, Davis Mills will be the starting quarterback. Number one, I look at this situation and I say, well, they need to design plays that will limit putting him in turnover situations, right? And by that, I mean throw some screens out there, get you some three tight end sets out there to where – you're able to dump the ball off to one of the three tight ends that you presumably believe will be on the field, Akins, uh, Brown, Brevin Jordan, who I think Brevin Jordan may play the role of a, more of a receiving tight end this year. And Houston already goes into this season with limited wide receivers. We could see a couple of those guys in that tight end room spread out a little bit wider uh, to play more of a receiver uh, position. Right. Also, Get that rhythm on early by replacing some of those rushes with the short, intermediate passing game. New England did this very well for a long time where they, instead of running the ball on first down, maybe they would throw the ball to your tight end or maybe they'll throw the ball a slant route, get the wide receiver game going early so you can replace some of those first and seconds that go on second, second and six that you would get by a run. Now you would pick that up with your wide receiver. What that'll do is just get him comfortable, get those reps going all the time, and it's not like you're trusting him or putting him in that position to where he has to go attack the game vertically. Now, he's just doing small things on the offense to get this offense ready. But overall, to get this offense going and to get him comfortable and prepared for this upcoming season, if he will be the number one quarterback, Limit the amount of times that he's put in positions where he has to make a play with his arm. Hmm. And by that, I mean, of course, it throughout the game, you're going to have to uh, – how can I say this? You're going to have to throw the ball, put it in the air. But if you're in a position where you don't have to, you're doing it because you're, it's not third and 11, maybe it's third and three, then that helps your confidence. And I'll say this. I'll go a step further and say not only will that be good for a Davis Mills – but, hell, if Tyrod is the starting quarterback, from what we've seen, you can do the same thing with him in that offense, and I think it'll help it more so if you're expecting these quarterbacks to go out there constantly and win the game with their 
And John, to your point, I do agree with that. You know, if I, I, I still believe Tyrod Taylor is the starter. Let me just say that first. But at some point throughout the season, Davis Mills is going to be starting at some point. Whether we agree with that or not, that's going to be Davis Mills. But what I do want to say is this, and I'm glad that you mentioned this, John. You talked about the situation, a scenario of Davis Mills being in a position where he doesn't have to rely on his arm. It's not the fact that he doesn't have the talent, because remember, I've been watching this guy ever since OTAs. This guy has the talent, but it's his decision-making, I believe, that has to catch up to the NFL level, especially when you consider the fact that this is a guy who only played, what, 15 collegiate games during his time with Stanford. Before moving on, I do want to point this out. Pro Football Focus looked at Davis Mills throughout the preseason. 41% of Davis Mills's passes was deemed uncatchable. And throughout preseason, he recorded 333 yards, two touchdowns, and four interceptions. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with family, friends, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pool, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy pool sports programs, I'm sorry, platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. Reconnect with your friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use your promo code locked on at checkout anywhere Anytime in the world, Run Your Pool helps find friends, colleagues, and compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. And continuing here with this Monday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I actually want to take a look at and see whether or not Tim Kelly is entering this 2021 season at a disadvantage. And the reason why we say that is because when Nick Asirio came in and he cleaned house, one of the few guys who survived the Nick Asirio massacre was Tim Kelly. And John and listeners, I truly do believe that the only reason why Tim Kelly is still on this roster today is because they were still trying to hold on and try to salvage the relationship between this organization and Deshaun Watson. But now we know at least 99.9% that ship has sailed. With Tim Kelly still on the roster, we saw what he was able to do after Bill O'Brien left. We saw the play calling got a lot better, and we actually saw a new dynamic to the Texans' offense. But when you take a look at the Texans quarterback situation now. And we all know that this is going to be a run heavy offense for this upcoming season. John and listeners, I'm starting to get a sense that Tim Kelly is in danger because when you are running the ball, how much, how creative can you actually get versus going out there with a quarterback, i.e. like a Deshaun Watson, and you was able to change up the dynamic from what we saw. Plus I also want to remind, Tim Kelly isn't Nick Casario's guy. And that is going to be very big on whether or not this is going to be his final season here in the city of Houston. To me, it doesn't matter if he's your guy or not. They kept you on for another reason, 
for another season, for a reason, and you've had time to prepare. Listen, you've known about this Deshaun Watson issue, situation for a very long time. You've had time to prep and get ready for life without Deshaun Watson because he made it known before he's not, you know, before he before the situation of his, of his legal problems came about, he made it known before that that he didn't want to be around anymore. So you've known about this. You've had the opportunity to work with David Cully, which he's had. He's done that, right? Him and Cully have been working together hand-in-hand to kind of, you know, create this balance in the sense of, uh, how they want this offense identity to be. And this team has rushed, at least in the preseason. Of course, you play second and third string guys. Numbers are going to be inflated or deflated. But twice in three games, they've rushed for over 170 yards, throwing a bunch of different guys out of there. And his job as an OC is to get this running game involved and make it dynamic. We just talked about what we believe Davis Mills needs to be successful if he's a quarterback week one. Uh, And I even said whatever you do for Davis Mills, you do for Tyrod Taylor in terms of that offense. So when I look at what what I think his job will be in his role, is going to be opening up the offense by allowing the running backs to get involved to take the pressure away from everybody else. And for him to do that, what do we what what have we saw so far? Well, we've saw Charlie Heck improve because they've been using him uh and his strengths towards the better of the team, moving him around uh, across that offensive line, moving him uh, in in the pulling game, allowing him to get out on the edge and hit somebody to get another body out the way. Same for Titus Howard. Those guys are going to be very important to the success of what this run game can be for Houston this year. And that is what it is. Nobody's asking for him to go above and beyond by creating, how can I say this, by creating an, a QB-friendly offense. We're just asking him to stick to what they said, and that's maximizing their strengths and minimizing their weaknesses. And one of their weaknesses is going to be the quarterback play. It is what it is. But even in a situation like that, you know, once again, this is going to be an offense that's going to rely a lot on their run game. But the running backs that they have, um, that still lets me to believe that Tim Kelly is at a disadvantage because, yes, Mark Ingram is good, but he's getting up there in age. You have David Johnson. He isn't consistent whatsoever. Philip Lindsay, he was a disappointment in the preseason. I'm not too sure we're going to get the Lindsay that that recorded 2,000 and so rushing yards in his first two seasons in Denver. I'm I'm looking at this situation with the Texans, and I'm looking at Tim Kelly once again. Everybody can have their own beliefs on why he was brought back. I still believe the main reason why he's still here today is because yes, they knew that Deshaun Watson did not want to come back. But prior to these allegations coming out, the Houston Texans were hell-bent on working things out with Deshaun to see whether or not they're going to be able to change his mind so he could come back for this upcoming season. But, of course, that was before these allegations came out. When I take a look at Tim Kelly, I take a look at his offense, especially what it was last year. And even when you take away Deshaun Watson and you substitute a guy like um, Tyrod Taylor, remember, John, 
prior to the 53 man roster cut, one of the things I was excited about was this wide receiving core because in the midst of having Chris Conley and Nico Collins and, and Brandon Cooks, I was excited to see, you know, how much better and what, what Tim Kelly is going to be able to do with guys like Chris Moore, Alex Erickson, Kiki QT. Three of those guys, all three of those guys are gone now. So I think except for Chris Moore, he is on the practice squad. But I, I'm just looking at this Moore situation. Moore NBC is on the practice squad, actually. And that's another guy who I was I was really excited about. Hopefully, both of those guys get called up because I don't see how in the world the Texans are going to go into this season with only five running backs. Once again, you might as well say four because Anthony Miller isn't going to be ready for Sunday. But, John, even when you subtract the quarterback situation, you take a look at the, run, the running backs that they have, I still believe that Tim Kelly is going to be in a disadvantaged situation. And he may be. Overall, like none of this is going to be perfect. Right, we just know that you 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 guys have fed us what you project this team will be, what you want this team to be. This is your job. You've came in for the past several months, came in early, left late, whatever you whatever you've been doing, scheming the best way to get the the players that you're going to put out on, on the field that you believe will be the best that give you an advantage to win. You've you've known this, you guys have been to those war rooms. So we're only expecting you to make smart decisions if uh, if on the outside looking in, if you're Tim Kelly. And I think that's a, that's that's it for me. Uh, buckle up, man. Hey, buckle up. <laughs> I still think Houston wins week one, but after that, I will say this, <laughs> right? I know it's like, God. <laughs> Okay, but after that, where do you find a win? Because every other team that you're playing have announced their starting quarterback. Houston is the only one that's still out here saying, ah, well, you know, depending on how, to, how it, we feel one day, it could be one guy. It got to be Tyron. Logically, right? But as I stated before on the show, did he do enough to win the position? And did he do did enough to lose the position? I'm leaning towards he didn't do enough to win that position. Today I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting. Okay, stop waiting and get your TV life together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And I can't wait to take a brief look before we get out of here of these college prospects, mainly those quarterbacks in Houston. I know this is cliche, but we have a problem. Cody, I'm going to be 100% honest with you when I say this. The, and, I, and, I, and I've been on record, right? You can vouch for this. I've always me, said, you and me both. There isn't a franchise quarterback coming out of next year's draft. Week one of college football. We can be totally wrong. It's however many more weeks we got left for the next 22 weeks. We will have football every week, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know about y'all, but I get chills. Know what I mean? 
But, but, but Sam Howell, he didn't look good. Spencer Rattler, he didn't look good. Um, and I've I've been on I've been on the uh, the, the side of Houston needs to whenever they move on from Deshaun Watson, their number one you know goal and what they're getting back should be quarterback. That's why I've been on the side of getting Tua back. You know the potential of Tua. You know that Tua struggled last year, came off that hip injury. Uh, but he made throws last year, won a couple of games for Miami. We also had an opportunity to see Tua throughout this preseason. Training camp, he's looked good. Great reports about him coming out of out, out of the uh, practice from reporters around the league, well, around Miami. They are saying how good he looks. And I got to be honest with you, if it's not Deshaun, who I believe will eventually play for Houston next year, if you make that trade, you got to go get Tua or an established quarterback that has some time in the league if you want to either continue with a bridge quarterback until you find that franchise quarterback in, in the draft, and it ain't going to be next year. But neither one of those guys, which has been the touted as the top two quarterbacks coming out next year, neither one of those guys look worth a draft pick for Houston. Mm-mm. And I 100% agree. You know, I had had an opportunity to watch Spentler Rattler, and I was not – amazed by anything now maybe it was just because it was week one these guys were let's say a little bit rusty to say the least but you know I, i'm taking a look at spentler Rat- rattler it's like yes it, you know i think he i think oklahoma beat Tulane. I, I believe it was um like 40 to 35 but this is a guy who threw two interceptions and only threw for 304 yards against Tulane. And look, that's no disrespect to Tulane. They have always been a decent football out there, football team out there in Louisiana. But I'm taking a look at Spindler Rattler, and I'm saying to myself, if you are struggling against Tulane, what is going to happen when you play against teams like um, Texas, play against teams like Baylor, um, you know, if they make it to the college playoff you know if they play against um i don't even know alabama and by the way <laughs> i would not be i would not so, i would be okay man. if the texans actually tank for bryce oh, no. young next year alabama is so good Ooh, that boy look good oh my god i i would be okay if we tank for young next year i would be okay with that and by the way um he's also working with bill o'brien i also want to throw that out there but Spencer did not look good. Um, I had an opportunity to um wa- to watch some of the game of North Carolina. Um, they lost to Virginia Tech seventeen to ten. He Sam Howell threw not one, not two, but three interceptions. And John, to your point, and yes, I'm pretty sure these projections are going to change as the college season continues to move on. But I, but, but when I take a look at these two guys who were supposed to be the two best quarterbacks for this upcoming season, especially Spencer Rattler, who, if I'm not mistaken, he's already favored to be the Heisman winner. I'm not. I'm not amazed by what I saw. I, I would much rather the Texans develop Davis Mills and give him another chance next year. But boy, 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 Bryce Young, four touchdown passes as a freshman literally gave Miami the works. I, I think they won. We was at like forty-four to to ten, forty-four to thirteen, or somewhere along those lines. Class of 2020, was that? That would be 2023. Class of 2023, I would be okay if we get Bryce Young. I'm already a fan. Sign me up right now. 
if we just waited a year and say, well, we can go ahead and postpone 2022, and, and if we don't find a quarterback that we want, we'll play for those Bryce Young sweepstakes. That's what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And by the way, this is also going to be a new um, topic that we're going to look at here on Locked On Texans because, as I mentioned in the opener, we all are expecting the Texans to have a top five, top ten draft pick for this upcoming season. And throughout the college year, we're going to be looking at prospects that the Texans – should go after or some prospects that the Texans should stay away from. And and, and I want to make this clear. We are actually going to look beyond the quarterback position as well. But because this was the first week, there was the first time everybody was able to see um, Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell. Of course, we had to talk about those guys. But, man, I was not impressed by what I saw. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. You guys see the name at the bottom of the screen at Cody Davis underscore 24 at some sports guy. Go ahead and give us a follow. Cody has all the articles you need covering the Houston Texans and more. And me, I talk sports, I talk music, I talk movies, I talk high school football now. You may catch me mm. calling a couple of games around the city of Houston. Above all, we're going to have a fun seven, 18 weeks now. Now that we got 17 games, got 18 weeks. I can't wait to see how everything turns out. This is the podcast and now the show that you should check out every Monday through Friday. You guys have an amazing, what is it, Labor Day? Mm-hmm. You guys have an amazing Labor Day, which is weird because labor is work. It's work day and some of y'all may be off. Some of us may not be off. I, you know, I'm one of those may not be off. Who cares? We'll catch you next go around. Peace. You are locked on Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.